Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. Well, welcome to church, everybody. I think I'm a little bit loud. That's, um, that's the nature of my role. Nice to see you all. We, last week we had Sean Foyt from, um, from Bethel Music in uh, Redding, California. Those of you who follow him know he's in Indonesia this weekend. Makes you dizzy following him. And uh, it's quite an interesting thing when he preaches on shaking and then... The, that night, there's a, the ne- that day, there's, there's an earthquake <laughs> um, at 5.55 um, in the morning in Alberta, and um, I'm not going to interpret that. I'm just going to say, holy cow. <laughs> so anyway, that was Sean. He, he carries a great mantle for, of worship across this country and around the world, so it's really encouraging to have them with me. And the week before, you had Ryan Smith. And today you just get me. That's how I, <laughs> we had such an excellent time in England. And uh, I think it's probably uh, one of our best ministry trips that we've had. It was so well received and so much fun. And uh, wouldn't you say, sweetheart, it was pretty good. Really good. What happened, my, um, I, I had a bunch of sermons with me in a, in a nice envelope. And I forgot them in a, some hotel. And, you know, it makes you sort of, you feel like, You've dropped your sword or something. You feel, I felt a bit, what do I do? And, um, and, then, and then my journal, I, I was carrying a bottle of water, and my, I dropped my backpack. It was a glass bottle, and it shattered. And, it, and my whole journal, um, you know, the, the top part of it, it was upside down. The top part's all uh, blurred because <clears throat> I write with a pen, if you can believe it. It's so old school. <clears throat> and on paper. Um, and I, everything went blurry. And... Um, I was kind of fretting about this, you know, those of you who record your thoughts, how important those thoughts are, and um, the Lord seemed to remind me, you know, it's not really what's written down, but it's what's written on your heart that's really important, and, and while we gather together on a Sunday morning, we're never going to quit reaching the lost and the hurting, we're never going to quit doing that, and then discipling those who are found and encouraging and including those, we're never going to do that, quit doing that. But the deal is not really just the transfer of information when we get together. It's about the transformation of your heart. And, um, and I think the Lord wants to share with us a few things about um, our hearts today and about how we think. Um, we, we do keep our podcasts online. If anybody wants to look them up, you can, you can do that. Um, I personally believe that the Lord is preparing us for one of the greatest outpourings of his spirit that's ever been known in the world. <laughs> that, that darkness may be increasing, but light is as well. And we're preparing places for young men and women and older men and women and just people because God's heart is for people. And uh, our, our vision for the next 10 years is to continue to make places where people can encounter the living Christ. And, um, and I just want, um, you know, the Lord to expand my heart for the love for his body. Um, here's what I want to do. <clears throat> I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Most of you know this off by heart. Um, <clears throat> um, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. We're starting a series on what were you thinking. And, um, and I just want to, 
I just want to go over a few passages and then I want to try and preach a few thoughts from my heart today. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Don't copy the pattern, sorry, the behavior and the customs of this world, <clears throat> but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will know what God wants you to do. If you want to know what God wants you to do, here's, here's the format. Then you'll know what God wants you to do, and you will also know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is for you. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. I believe that our thoughts are prophets of our future, but they're also librarians of our past. Some, For some reason... Um, we can live in three different dimensions at the same time. Your past, present, and future, you're all currently living right now. What took place in your past, I think it's important we go back and redeem our memories of our past. And I think it's just as important to look ahead and let the Lord begin to build some hope and anticipation about the future. But in the meantime, we're right here in the current moment. And so... Because we live in different dimensions, and most of you understand relationally you live in multiple dimensions at the same time. I, this morning, function as a, your spiritual leader, perhaps, or as a preacher. But I'm also a friend to some. I'm also a father to some. Where'd my kids go? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a husband to one. I'm in a, so relationally, we function in different roles, but all at the same time. This is interesting to me. The way that we think about our past, the way we think about our future, the way that we think about other people actually has a lot to do with who we are. And I don't personally believe you can have a great life and not have great thoughts. I don't think you'll ever have a beautiful life if you don't have beautiful thoughts. I think your thoughts actually will dictate the type of person you are or the person you are becoming. And so that's why we're invited to not be conformed to the pattern or the behaviors or the customs of this world. My son sort of talked about that. But we're to be transformed as we change the way that we think. This is not an easy thing to do. Has anybody been trying to do this? <laughs> Renew your minds. It's not easy. It takes a heck of a lot of work. And, and sometimes we're successful. Uh, sometimes we're not. Um, I find it's interesting the things that stir and bring memories up for me. Um, you know, as we're in worship, this is how I fight my battles. And I found well, the worship music is incredibly powerful for setting an atmosphere for your mind. Really powerful. So is Thanksgiving. Incredibly powerful. Um, I find that there's certain sights and sounds and places that actually can take me back to moments in my life. <clears throat> uh, we're told that smell is one of the most powerful memory-invoking emotions that we have. And that's why when Kelly and I go on trips, we'll often buy some cologne for each other. Well, actually, I buy them for both of us in the duty-free shop. So that we, and, then, and then when we smell that smell, it reminds us of our holiday that we're on or our thing that we're on. I, I, um, I recently realized somebody brought me home some, back some raspberry jam from Saskatchewan. Whenever I eat raspberry jam, it takes me back to when I was eight years old. We had, we had uh, uh, like, it felt like acres of raspberries, of, you know, having to pick them, and oh gosh. But the jam, it's unforgettable. Fresh raspberry jam on toast where you 
smothered butter on first and it's running through your fingers and then, the, then the, the, those seeds and the bright, you know, are you there? Power, hey? Singing that song about being surrounded. May, may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You know, when you feel like you're surrounded by the presence of God, you can, you can just about do anything. You feel un, untouchable and fearless, but you got to believe it. And, and, and I think that this is, this is a power that we shared. Let, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Romans chapter 12, um, the verse 1 there, it, it, it begins with, uh, I read the NLT, it says, and so the NIV says, therefore. There's four therefores in the book of Romans. And this is the last let, therefore. So what, what that means is everything that took place before that time in the book uh, therefore, because of all that, then this. That's what it means. And he, and he says that because of all the first 11 chapters, therefore, he says, the, 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 the rational thing to do is give your entire body as a living sacrifice. Um, I, I quite like that idea. Um, I'm not that crazy about it functionally, but... I like the idea. To commit or dedicate or to give your body. There's two types of sacrifices in the Bible. The Old Testament is known for uh, dead sacrifices. But there's also a living sacrifice in the Old Testament. His name was Isaac. He got onto an altar and he got off of an altar. Living. Sacrifice. Completely died to himself. It's a remarkable thing. The New Testament refers to a living sacrifice. His name was Jesus. And he didn't come off the altar. But he now ever lives and makes intercession for you and I. He says, because of that, present your bodies. This is reasonable. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, the word, and then he says, don't be transformed. Don't copy the behavior customs, the patterns. But let God transform you. Most of you know that word is the word that's used for a butterfly that transforms from the inside out. When metamorphosis actually takes place, there's nothing left of the old. There's, there, there's nothing left of the worm when the worm becomes the butterfly. It's completely consumed in the process from the inside out. He's referring for a transformation that takes place, not focusing on the external activities, but the things that take place on the inside. The biggest part of you is on the inside. It's the most powerful part of you. Ephesians 3 would say, Now unto him was able to do exceedingly abundant beyond what you could ask or think, and we like to think, oh, that's God at work on us, but he says, that according to the power that's within you. It's quite different. The, the, the power is within you. The power is within you. The power is within me. When we're waiting for something to always come from the outside, we're missing the power that's within me. And so the releasing of that power, this treasure that we have in an earthen vessel, that's how metamorphosis takes place. Um, problem solving. The world belongs to problem solvers. Einstein would say, he's famous for being said, you can't solve problems on the same level that they were created on. The, the, the point of what we would call repentance is to change the way that you think. Is, is once we change the way that we think, we change the way that we behave. Our learning has to actually turn into living at some point. 
And that's why we need both our right brain and our left brain. So it's not enough that you hear some words this morning. It's important that you have an experience this morning. And so the, the idea of solving problems, and I'm not sure exactly what your problem is, but I've been, I've been known to say that if you show me your friends, I can show you your future. Uh, I could also probably say this and be quite safe in saying, if you would share with me your dominant thoughts, I could show you your future. Because your dominant thoughts are the things that are shaping your activities and your behaviors. Are you aware of what your dominant thoughts are? Because once we change the way that we think, we change the way that we behave and act. This is, this is, this is how it works. The Bible is not designed to be simply read. It's designed to be experienced. And once we experience it, we actually find that we're changing ourselves in how we view the world. Show me your thoughts, I'll show you your future. They're prophets of your future. If you can articulate your dominant thoughts, they'd be the best indicators of your future. Future failures, future successes for your life. The reason I write I am statements is why I designed the journal this way is because the thing that we put after I am forms our identity. I was, into, I was, I was thinking of this because uh, I've, in all of my I am statements for the last eight years, I've never wrote I am a preacher. And I thought, gee, at, at what point will I become a preacher? This is my 30th year. <laughs> at what point is that going to happen? Right? So some of you, maybe, maybe you're authors. At what point are you going to say, I am an author? Because it will actually shape the way you go through your day. Or I am a world-class athlete, or I am, or whatever your I ams are. They actually will determine a lot of your behavior. And that self-talk that you carry on after the I am, I hope that it comes from the word of God. Because otherwise you'll get your I ams from culture. And typically you'll hear the I am nots. Moses had five I am nots. Well, I'm not qualified enough. Well, I stutter. Well, I am not, I'm not qualified. I'm not called. I'm not, I'm not, wah, 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 wah. But God had to remind him that I am the I am. So learning to write that out, and so I actually write out that I'm a communicator of life-changing truths that feels better than I'm a preacher. But Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. It's important that you know what your I am's are. The father, when he spoke of the son, he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What are your I am's? I think it's important to determine what those are. Did you know that... That So our thought processes, this is why it's really important that we get a hold of our thoughts. Uh, it's, it's proven scientifically the instant, not five minutes, but the instant that you think a negative thought, your immune system becomes compromised. The instant. And so, so the, uh, I just want to share a passage from James here um, before I do. I want to share a, a second Peter 1 and verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. That, that, that peace and grace are not the result of prayer, the result of our thoughts. That, that, that peace can rule in your heart has to do with how you think. Fear is simply a thought. That's why there's a difference between fear and danger. 
Fear is just a thought. You change the way you think, you'll change that emotion. Your emotions are always connected to your thoughts. I could make you happy if I could prove to you that your visa bill was paid. That thought could create little joy or you're mortgage free. How, how valuable would that be to begin to think of yourself as being mortgage free? You might transform the way that you function. Um, remarkably, God isn't free to move for you, independent of you. James chapter 1 and verse 15 says that then after desire has conceived, it brings, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full grown gives birth to death. Your thoughts are literally life and death, literally. Everybody at any one time has cancer cells in their body. But when you focus, as you focus and you begin to think and begin, and fearful thoughts, and negative thoughts. It begins to compromise your body's ability to, to fight the cancer cells. L literally. Um, so he says here that, that sin gives birth, and when it's full grown, it, it gives birth to death. I just want to share a word on conception. This is interesting to me. Most of you know how conception works, am I right? Sin, sin is conceived. So the result of sin may not be instant. It's conceived. It's planted. Do you know how you stop a baby from coming? Stop conception. Right? Don't wait till it's birth and then wonder what you're going to do with it. It's a process. This is no mystery, right? This is a natural process that takes place. Sin begins, he says, with desire. And then once you meditate on that and allow that to continue to live, what happens? It, it gets full grown into something. I, I like the way the message puts it. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. That's what the message says. Um, con conception eventually leads to childbirth. There's no mystery in that. But for some reason, we think there's mystery in how sin works. It gets planted, it gets developed, and you can short-circuit that by confession and repentance and forgiveness and all that. But it's not a mystery. And he says before that, don't be deceived. Or don't be misled, because the end result of conception is a baby. Somehow we think that, well, if I just think it, it's okay. If I just fantasize but don't act it out, it's okay. No, it's very dangerous because now you've conceived. Now you let that continue to grow without dealing with it and what's going to happen? This is, this is, it's so critical. Ah, oh, but it's just a thought. No, 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 it's a seed. It's going to become a baby. And the baby's going to bring death. That's what James chapter 1 says. That once it's conceived, and what's it doing? You and I are all kind of pregnant at any one time with unhealthy thoughts. And unless you change the seed, you're going to get a harvest. And he says the harvest of sin seed is death. So you want to live long, change the way you think. <laughs> Proverbs says that as a man thinks. I like the King James. As a man thinketh, so is he. Your thoughts are the composite of who you are. 
Adultery doesn't happen in a moment. It happens over a whole process of time. You'll read of the story of Judas. And, and you know, he's, what happened in his life and what was taking place. And then he betrayed Jesus. That didn't happen in that moment. It happened way before that. He decided in his heart what was going to happen. It says of, it says of, um, of Samuel... When he went to anoint King David, it says he saw Eliab, the son, and then he thought. This is what happens in our generation who are highly motivated by visual stuff. You'll see a thing, and then you'll think. You know I'm right. You'll see that Instagram feed, and you'll go, why wasn't I invited to that party? Or why, are the, why is that church doing this? Or why are those people doing this? Why? You saw and then you thought. Dangerous. Devil's in the devices, I think. <laughs> Says we're not ignorant of, the, of his devices. No, we know all about his devices. They're everywhere. I was quite intrigued in reading a book called Irresistible on the, um, on the, on the uh, on, um, addict, addictive technologies. And he had a, the, the author, doing his research, had an interview with Steve Jobs, went to his home, and he found out there was no devices in his home. Because he says, well, where are the iPads? He said, oh, they're too dangerous for my kids to play with. I won't have them in the home. Who, who's shaping the thoughts of our children? Who's shaping your thoughts? You want to know what the will, the perfect will of God is? You'll only know if you allow your mind to be transformed and changed. Otherwise, you won't know. He said the way that we'll understand that is that our mind gets renewed, and then you will know what God wants you to do. Um, um, a tree is known by its fruit, Matthew 12 and verse 33 says. A tree is known by its fruit. Thoughts bear fruit. Good thoughts bear good fruit. I know this seems pretty straightforward. You want to know where a vindictive person comes from? Vindictive thoughts. Do you want to know where a, a bitter person comes from? Bitter thoughts. This, is, this is, shouldn't be that profound, but it's that profound. How do people experience you? That, that's, that's because of the dominant thoughts that you carry in your heart and mind. Um, an evil person does not have good thoughts. A hopeless person carries around hopeless thoughts. If you want to become hopeful, you're going to have to have some hopeful thoughts. We are, we, the, our thoughts are, our, are the prophets of our life. What, what are your thoughts? Because your thoughts can become, they, they, get, they get spiritual power connected to them and they become strongholds. The, the giant in your life is the, is the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning, the last thing you think about before you go to bed. That is a stronghold in your life. They have to be broken in the name of Jesus. Um, Psalm chapter 1 talks about us, how we can change our actions is by meditating on the word of God. You need, we need experience, ongoing experience with the Word of God. Psalm 119 says the same thing. Um, mind renewal has to do with thinking more like Jesus. 
When minds are changed, we will know what God wants us to do. Last point, the power of justification. I found that knowing scriptures and knowing God are not synonymous. Because I sift, I sift the word of God through my current paradigm in my mind. You know that the scriptures, using the scriptures, you can justify any type of behavior in your life. <laughs> Paul used it to justify murder. No, no, I'm killing people for God. How do you get that? I've had people justify anything. I've heard the craziest stuff. Honestly, it has nothing to do with the word of God. It has to do with you. <laughs> and um, the power of justification. Without mind renewal, we'll justify every bad behavior because our mind always seeks e equilibrium. It'll, it'll, it'll prophesy what you're thinking. If you think somebody doesn't like you, you want to know what will happen? You'll, you, all of the things that they do will speak to you about, oh, they don't like me, they don't like me, they don't like me. If you think somebody's evil, you know what will happen? Your mind will justify and you will see all the evil things they'll do. You won't be able to see that they're healthy. Or, when you, you'll start to see them as the enemy. You'll start to see them as like the antichrist himself. Why? It's because you're just, your mind has to do that or it'll blow apart. It has to justify its thinking process. When, uh, lots of times people, you know, when they, when they need to leave the church, they justify why they have to leave. You're all, you're all welcome here to come. You're all welcome to go. There's no guards at the door. You're not chained to your seat. You're all, it's all fine. But when people make a decision to leave, they have a reason, they, which is their reason. And, and I'm not going to go any further down that road. <clears throat> our minds validate our perceptions, our opinions, and our paradigms. And then, then we ex our experience will validate our beliefs, not reality. But they'll validate our beliefs. Many experts say that um, a child's perceptions are all formed before they're five years of age. That's very interesting to think of that. How critical is those first five years in a little baby's life? Uh, one psychiatrist said that the, the, the best predictor of someone's mental health is how popular they were in grade three. I tell people typically that they're not, you, we quit parenting at about 11 or 12. I mean, we don't quit being moms and dads. But you can no longer shape their thoughts and their beliefs. That's, it's too late. They're wet cement when they come to you. They're incredibly shapeable and formable. But there comes a point where it's called those teenage years where they get their own thoughts of their own. And you have to, like, you know, throw them in the basement and cage them up and throw some food down now and again or else... <laughs> you remember those years, right? Because you were forming your own thoughts based on your experiences before that. Right or wrong, that's what happened. It's so powerful. The Bible is a mirror. Uh, it's meant to be reflected on, assimilated. And, um, and so you can't really read the Bible with your mind. Not really. Your, your left part of your brain will begin to assimilate the information. But unless your right brain gets some experience along with that, it just becomes an intellectual exercise. We need the experience. I, I want to introduce you to Jesus, but you need the experience of Jesus. Okay. The question I then at this point is, 
what mirror are you looking into? For most of us, we look into culture's mirrors to consult what's good and what's not good, what's pleasing and what's perfect. But my Bible says that don't copy the behaviors and cultures and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. We're transformed into a new person. When I gave my life to Christ, I was, I, I, my spirit was instantly transformed, but my rest of my experience was not. That's what I'm, this is the big work of discipleship and sanctification. This is a big work. Salvation is very easy. You can be saved here in a nanosecond. In a moment, I'll pray a simple prayer. You can be instantly saved. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a profound miracle. But uh, a greater, no, there's no greater miracle, but the, gra- the harder work is being conformed to the image of Christ and learning to think his thoughts. I tell you what, one of the greatest benefits of praying in the Spirit for me is now I can tap into the mind of God. I'll get, I'll get more, exp- many people give up on praying in the Spirit after like two or three minutes. You've got to do it for like 30 minutes. If you want some, and then begin to, because God is trying to transform your mind based on your spirit. And that's, and that's a heck of a lot of work, <laughs> I find. But your time in the Word this week, this is what I want to pray for. I want to pray for peace this morning in people's hearts, people are, who don't have an, uh, peace. But, but mind renewal requires meditation and the regurgitation and then the decision that I'm going to do what God asked me to do and, and making a firm commitment to get, to get a hold of your thoughts. Was that a God thought I had? Trying, you know, the, the, to, to rear-end that person because they're going too slow? Was that a God thought? Maybe not. But, but, here's, but here's what happens. We become the person of the thoughts that we continue to chew around and meditate over and over and over. That's the type of person we become. And that's why God says that you don't need to be a prisoner to your previous thought processes because then I can allow you to think better. Are you aware, just, just simply aware of your dominant thoughts? Ask you, ask you, about four years ago, I asked people to write down their beliefs they would, because people were coming to me, well, I don't believe that. I said, oh, well, what do you believe about that? I, I, I guess I don't know. No, maybe you don't. What are your beliefs? Because they will determine your behaviors. And you are becoming the person that your dominant thoughts are directing you to become right now. If somewhere in grade three you were told you were a loser and you're still living out of that path, place in your past, I have great news for you today. You can live in a winner mentality and paradigm. (laughs) If you're not sure if God's happy with you, you can't even hear the words, in whom I am well pleased, you in whom I am well pleased. You won't even be able to hear them. Why? Because that space is already filled up. You've got to let go of that thought. That's called repentance. To get rid of that old thought, that old thinking, and get a hold of some new thinking. We, we, are, we are held in these prisons of our thoughts. I'm no different than the rest of you. I've got to work on this. The first, before I get out of bed, David says, on my bed, I meditated. I try and do that. Before I get up, Lord, give me, because it's a brand new day. Joy is available. Grace is available. Favor is available. Okay, let me think that. Let me integrate that into my thinking before I start moving. And then throughout the day, that stuff gets threatened and it can get stolen. The thoughts that I had that are so loving and so beautiful all of a sudden turn wonky on me. And I have to take just, just a minute. Because I don't want to be conformed to the behaviors and the patterns of this world. I want to be conformed or transformed by the renewing of my mind. And I need his word that is spirit and life. It actually, his word brings life to my bones, it says. I want that. I need life in my bones. The elbow specifically. And that thumb right there. I need life in those bones. 
Your, your body is just waiting for you to direct it. Speak life over your body. Speak life over your family. Speak life and think. Your, your words come from places of thoughts. Let's be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Would you stand with me, please? I want to pray for... Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.